Hi, and welcome to the Radius Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in finding out more information about Radius Church, please check us out on our website, radiuschurch.tv. How y'all doing? Are you doing good? All right, now listen, you're already in church, you're here already, so you might as well have fun with it, right? I mean, there's no sense in being bored. So I'm glad you guys are here. My name is Craig, uh, been pastoring, oh, I don't know, a bunch of times, doesn't really matter, 15 years, something like that. Anyway, here's the deal, you probably noticed by looking at me that I'm getting a little old. And uh, I started out here day one um, at Radius, at, and uh, back then my, my beard didn't have any gray. It, it got it got gray. I got old. I got old. Anybody else get old in the last 20 years? Um, now, back in the day, see, I remember, I'm old enough. Now, this is going to be a memory lane for some people, and it's going to be fresh news for the younger folks in the house, okay? But I remember getting our first color TV back in the day. And let me tell you something, it wasn't 4K. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You got, you got, t- and this was pre-cable, pre-Netflix, pre-Hulu, we had these things. Some of you don't believe this is real, but we had these things called rabbit ear antennas. Come on, anybody testify for the one. You were the youngest sibling, because that means it was your job as the youngest sibling to move them so dad could watch the show, and if it didn't, like the younger people were like, what is he talking about? This is a real thing, and my job was moving those antennas, and you go to, the, if it didn't come in good, some of you might remember, run to the kitchen and get some aluminum foil. You're showing your age. Get some aluminum foil and put it on there, and it helps a little bit, but one thing that we would always watch, me and my dad, we watched this show every time it was on. We made sure the, the rabbit ears were no. right. It was Mutual of Omaha present. Oh, you guys know this. Mutual of Omaha presents Wild Kingdom with Marlon Perkins. Anybody? I mean, that's like. So okay, okay, okay. Let me catch up the younger because still the younger people in here are like. I still don't know what I was saying at all. Um. Well, there was TV before there was color. Um. So. The, uh, Mutual of Omaha presents Animal King. Okay, it was an animal show, and it might sound cheesy now, but back then there was nothing else like it. I mean, as a kid, I could go to the zoo, and I, I did. Um, you know, but those animals are not the same as the animal lying in the wild. And, and so being able to watch, sitting there with my dad, being able to watch a lion hunt down a zebra and take it down, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Watching a rhino run over stuff in color. It was like, oh, watching wildebeest mate. Okay, that was disturbing. That was talking about, there's some things you can't unsee. But here's the deal. Like, why are you talking about animals? Okay, so, so the deal is in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, um, you can write this stuff down. I suggest you take notes just because note takers are history makers. You learn stuff. Anyway, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, there's this great verse where it says, God created, I'm, I'm definitely paraphrasing, but God created everything of it, he created the universe, he created the animals, he created everything. And in his creation, in all of it, we can see different layers of the glory of God that are revealed. And I think sometimes we can look at different things in creation and learn things about God and what God's trying to do in our lives that we might miss otherwise. And it's good, because animals are, they're cross-cultural, right, aren't they? I mean, we don't, 
giraffes are not native to our country, but we all know what a giraffe is, right? I mean, so they, they go across cultural boundaries. Um, one of the animals that, yes, I'm going to talk about an animal today. Uh, the animal that I'm going to talk about today is, is an eagle. And an eagle is one of my favorite, favorite animals. They're so cool. And in a group like this, there's probably at least one or two eagle tattoos on somebody. Right? Because we're just all about eating. Don't ever ask somebody like they say, I got that tattoo. Can I see it? Don't ask because you don't know where they put that thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, so the eagle, you know, the eagle is our country bird, our national bird. 1782, he was, he was voted in as our national bird. Do you know who the runner-up was? It was almost a turkey. Did you know that? It was almost a turkey. We were going to be the land of the free, the home of the brave, the turkeys. <laughs> Uh, they chose they chose an eagle because they said it looked more regal than a turkey, and I, I, I would agree. Eagles are fascinating creatures. They can fly 30 miles an hour, and when they're going after prey, they're dive bombing after prey, they reach speeds up to 100 miles an hour. That's fantastic. They, they build these nests that are called eyries. Eyries, can't really pronounce it very well, but it's a big old nest is what it is. They found them as much as nine feet across, weighing up to 2,000 pounds. Eagles mate for life. They live to about 30 years old, give or take. Um, they have, oh, I love this one. Okay, okay. I know. These are stupid facts that you're like, why is he sharing so much? Just hang with me. Are we having a good time so far? Yeah, yeah. So an eagle has, get this, an eagle has dual vision. Okay, so they can see straight ahead and they can also see to either side, not peripheral vision. They actually have dual focus eyeballs. Ain't that cool? And according to, I went to Eagle School. I got my MBA at Google University. Just Google this stuff. Um, but according to all of that, all my learning, my high finance and learning, Eagles can see a mouse two miles away. Right? Is that not... Is that not mind-blowing? That mind-blowing. And you might be saying, well, what is all the deal with all this eagle stuff? Okay, here, here's the deal. Eagles, they're in the Bible, right? And in the Bible, they represent, um, there's different symbolic things, different places. They can represent freedom, strength, um, joy, destruction. There's, there's all these things. And Jesus used animals to talk about stuff. Jesus talked about sheep and goats and, and serpents and, and foxes and all this stuff. And so... My favorite eagle passage in the Bible is probably yours. In fact, your grandma probably has this verse tattooed right there on her lower back, and you, you haven't seen it. She'll confess today, that's on my back. Um, Isaiah chapter 40. You guys know this verse. If you've, been, if you've been in church world for any length of time, now if you're new and you don't know anything about Jesus and you don't know, people will come back next week and fix everything I'm saying, okay? So, but... You might not have heard this verse, but if you're in the church world, you've heard this verse. It's, it's somewhere, Isaiah 40, 31, like some of you can even quote it. We're not going to quote it. We'll just read it. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Has anybody ever heard, heard that verse? Okay, so I wanna, we're going to look at this verse today, but I want to, before we do that, I want to zoom out a little bit. And kind of put this verse in the context of, of where it's at, okay? Because I think we miss some of the things in here um, when we're not paying attention to the context that it comes with. So Isaiah 40, we're going to back up to verse 27. Y'all still with me? How y'all doing? 
I have to check now and then. You just got to make sure everybody's still breathing. Okay, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Now, isn't it interesting? The two things that we really struggle with the most and that we pray about the most and argue about the most is our troubles and our rights. Isn't it interesting? I, I can almost guarantee your prayer life, because mine's this way. I'm not, I'm not throwing stones, but most of my prayer life is about my troubles. Right? And with the season that we just came through, a lot of our prayers were all about our rights. And God's like, okay, you're worried about troubles and rights. Let me just show you what I'm going to do for you. Because that's, that's kind of how cool God is. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And we all together say, I want that. I want to be able to, to walk and not grow weary. I want to run and not get tired. I want to rise up on wings like eagles and just soar. Caca! <laughs> That's my best eagle. You got one better? Come on. You know you want to try it. It'll just, it's just freeing on the count of three. Our best caca. One, two, three. That was weak, y'all. You got to do better than that. You'll have more opportunities. Should we do the cafe all by themselves? You guys want to be called out, don't you? No, they're all like, leave us alone. That's why we're sitting back here, Pastor. Okay, I got it. But, but we, want, we want that, right? We all want to soar like an eagle because it sounds amazing. Who wouldn't want that? Here's something you probably didn't know about eagles. The number one leading cause of eagle death is drowning. Drowning. And here's the reason why. We all know that eagles like fishing. They like fish. They, they like fish. And so what they'll do is they'll see a fish and they dive down and they'll grab that fish. And sometimes that fish is too big for them to lift up. And, but they won't let go. And so they'll, they'll hold on to it. So they got a plan. Eagles have a plan. They're not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. So, and you might see this sometimes living around here. The eagle will have that fish, but the fish is too big for him to just do like deadlift, you know. So he takes his wings and he tries to steer that fish to the shore because if he can get that fish to the shore, then he can eat. So he'll steer it. Some of you might be confused. These are eagle wings, okay? <laughs> Jazz hands, eagle wings. Jazz hands, eagle wings, okay? So, <laughs> okay, so he uses his wings to get that fish to the shore. To, then he can control it. But here's the problem. In that process, a lot of times, the eagle gets their wings wet, and then they go under, and then they drown. And you need to understand something. The eagle doesn't drown because it lacks strength, yeah. intelligence. It drowns because it refuses to let go of something that it was never meant to carry. And a lot of us have troubles and problems and struggles and things that we refuse to let go of. And I'm here to tell you, it will drown you. And you say, but Pastor Craig, you don't understand. I heard you. That was such a good point. The drown, not meant to carry. I get it. That went deep, but I love Jesus. I'm even in church on Sunday morning. I mean, most people are just watching online. We see you. Um, but I'm here in-house loving Jesus, so obviously I should be soaring just because of that. 
Can I tell you something? There's going to be a lot of people who love Jesus and are in heaven, yet they drown throughout life. They're not able to soar, and you question why you love Jesus and why you think and feel like you're doing everything that you should be. Yet, if you were honest with yourself in your quiet time, you think, I am still not soaring like that promise. I'm still not rising above my problems and my issues like this promise. And so, let's look at this verse again, Isaiah 40, 31, and let me show you something. But those who trust in the Lord will find new, find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. Yep, same thing. It says the same thing, right? Let's go back. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar. Who's going to soar? Who, 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 who's, who's the they? It's only those who trust. You can love Jesus. You can believe in Jesus. You can follow Jesus. But a lot of times in our lives, there are things that we don't trust him with. And we choose to hold on to it. I mean, we can, we can give him our sins because, come on, that's, that's, that's like, <laughs> glory! <laughs> but there's things that we hold on to that we need to let go. Let me, let me tell you a few of them. First one is worry. Yeah. We hold on to worry big time. Yeah. And the longer you worry about something, the deeper it will drag you under and the longer it will take you to get back out above the surface of the water. Y'all, y'all tracking with me? Let's look at what Jesus said, because he's a pretty cool dude. Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 31. He said, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Okay, so we all worry about little things here. And there. I mean, let's be honest. You can't watch the news nowadays without being inoculated with worry and fear. Okay, so those things go through our minds, but they don't, they are not supposed to dominate our thoughts. That's what, that's for everybody else, what everybody else in the world is doing. Yeah, yeah, because everybody else doesn't have Jesus living in them like we do. It should not dominate our thoughts. It should not. But your heavenly father, and why shouldn't it dominate your thoughts? Because God is so good. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Mm-hmm. Can I get a witness up in the house on that one? <laughs> today's trouble is enough for today. Here, write this down. Worry brings the fear of tomorrow to drown the joy of today, ignoring God's provision of the past. I'm going to read that again. Can I read that again? Sure I can. I'm hooked on phonics. Worry brings the fear of tomorrow to drown the joy of today. Ignoring God's provisions of the, you, didn't even, you, don't even, you forget. Yeah, but, but Craig, I am worried. I got big things to worry about. My kids, they're grown, and the wheels have fallen off the wagon. My children are way far away. I just can't. I was just diagnosed with cancer. I got this. I, had, I got a divorce. I got bankruptcy. I got, Craig, I've got real things to worry about, and if I'm being completely honest, I don't see God doing a whole lot of stuff about it. I mean, if I'm being honest, I've got big problems, I've got big stuff, and I don't see God acting like I expect him to act. So I guess I have to hold this myself. Problem is, you were not made to carry that. You're not strong enough to carry that. You're, you're just not and isn't it funny? The things you worry about, let me say this and then we'll, we'll move on. 
the things you worry about are the very things that you can't change anyway. Have you noticed that? I mean, because if you could change it, you wouldn't worry about it. You would achieve it. I mean, I know that's like silly Mississippi common sense, right? I'm just a redneck <laughs> underneath all this stuff. But it's just like the only reason I wake these things wake me up in the middle of the night to worry about is because I don't have the power to control it, to change it, to, to fix it. But why is it we still hold on to it? Instead of just saying, God, I trust you. Because I can't do it. I'm still, if you're still worrying, here, do it this way. This week, when you start feeling that thing of worry come on you, I'm not even going to ask you how many you have something to worry about, because we all do. But when that feeling of worry comes on you, use that feeling as a conviction of the Holy Spirit that your wings are getting a little bit wet. Just, I have... I have this feeling. Why do I have this feeling? Why am I worrying? Because I am refusing to trust God with this problem. Just call yourself out. I'm not going to call you out. Call yourself I refuse to trust God. I'm going to hold on to this. I got it myself. Okay. How's that working for you? <laughs> 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. Give all your worries and cares to who? God. Come on. Give all your Give them all to God, for he cares about you. Let me, let me rephrase this. Open up your greedy, worrying talons <laughs> and drop what you were never meant to carry to begin with because all it's going to do is weigh you down and drown your butt in the water and then you're just going to complain that God didn't perform for you You're like, he's reading so much into this. I don't see those words at all. you got to let go of the worry. Bottom line, if you're concerned that you're not soaring through life, it's because you're worrying. Let go. Let go. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. It's the only way you'll soar. Here's the second one. You want another one? Here's another thing. Yeah, one. one more? Yeah. Two, two more? Three more? Five more? Six more? You're looking at your watch. No, let's stop with two more. i got things to do. Here, here's the second one that I think drowns so many people. Comparing, criticism, and complaining. Comparing, self-criticism, and complaining. These three, these three C words here, um, I think, okay, this is Craigology right here, okay? This is, this is Craigology. I think in 10 years, when they release the studies of what they're studying on the American population today, are, are you tracking with me? I think in 10 years, and if I'm right, I want credit. <laughs> I think in 10 years, they're going to say the real epidemic from the pandemic was that people were comparing themselves to others, which just leads them to criticize themselves because we never measure up. And then we complain that God didn't do the good things in us like he did in everybody else. And we see this all the time. Comparing creates self-criticism, which births complaining. We want to compare all the time. Um, in 1953... No, I'm not that old, but I know how to read. In 1953, in Memphis, Tennessee, there's, there's this place called Sun Studios. Okay, A lot of famous people have recorded albums there. In 1953, this guy named Elvis Presley, you've probably never heard of him. Elvis Presley walked in there for the first time. like He had never sung for anybody or anything like that. Um, walks in there and he says, I want to lay down some tracks. And they, they ask him, they, was my Elvis better than my caca? Which, which is better? Eagle or Elvis? 
he walks in there, and uh, Sam, the guy sitting there, he asked me, he said, what kind, of, what kind of songs do you do? And Elvis said, I sing all kinds. And he says, okay, who do you sing like? Now, understand, in that question, who do you sing like? What's he trying to do? Immediately, he's trying to say, I don't know you, so I need to find somebody that you think you're close to, and then I will rip you apart because you will never measure up to this famous person that you just said you're like. Elvis said this. He said, I don't sing like nobody because he didn't. He sang like Elvis. And I think so many times we want to be, we try so hard to be somebody else and we're not somebody else. You are a created individual, unique identity and God needs you just like you are, who you are. When I was, when I uh, first started preaching way back in the day, um, way back in the day, people, people would ask me, well, who do you speak like? You know, you call, back in the day you had to call people and say, hey, can I come preach at your church? And they would always ask. Who do you speak like? And I didn't have an answer for that, so I started watching all these, or listening to all these, cassette tape, by the way, uh, <laughs> listening to all these famous preachers and stuff, and uh, I found one that I really liked, and you might know him. His name is T.D. Jakes. He is still out there preaching. He's a big black guy, and he, sh as we say in Mississippi, he shucks the corn. That means he, he can, like, <laughs> I'm teaching you guys so much about the South today. He shucks the corn. I love it, but it's, t I mean, it's like, his kind of preaching is, mm, somebody, ha, come on, we're going to praise the Lord, ha, ha, right, just all that, ha, like clear and flim, like a hairball with a cat kind of thing, ha, and it's just all the time, ha, and it's, it's great, and I love it, but I'm not making fun of him, like I genuinely still listen to T.D. Jakes and love him, and he would always have hype music on stage, you know, the guy on the organ, so he would say, somebody in the house, praise the Lord, what, right? And every now and then when he's feeling froggy, another southern colloquialism, and when he's feeling froggy, he says, oh, let's take a praise break. And then the organ, and then like, Whoa, glory, it's great, it's great. And so I decided I'm going to preach like T.D. Jakes. I ripped off one of his sermons. Yep, I'll tell you right now, I stole it, slapped off a cassette tape. I learned that sermon, and then I told our music guy, white fella, oh, by the way, the church was entirely white. So this, that really plays into it. I tell, get the music fella, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to shuck the corn today. He's like, okay, what do you want? I said, I want you to stay on stage the whole time. Sit behind your keyboard. <coughs> keyboard, that should have been a tip-off right there. I want you to sit behind your keyboard, and I want some hype music. He said, what's hype music? Again. That's two tip-offs. Should have should have known. I said, you know, when I say something good, I need something like, what? And if I say praise break, you just you just start playing. He's like, okay. <laughs> Y'all, it was a stinking disaster, obviously. Because <laughs> the dude on keyboard, what was it? Well, he wasn't throwing out hype music. He was like the love child of Kenny G and Yanni. I mean, it was just like this. <laughs> I learned the hard way. Be yourself. Who does Craig speak like now? I speak like Craig. And this is just who I am. I am a real person. And this is my job, my calling. This is who I am. But it's not yours. Let's talk to a guy. Hey, if you're a truck driver, then be the best truck driver on the planet. Drive that truck for Jesus. And I'm glad you're driving a truck because you don't want me to drive a truck. I'll run over everything. Just kill stuff. And just You don't want that. You do you. Look at this verse. This verse is amazing. Galatians 6, 4. Make a careful exploration of who you are 
and the work you have been given. And then sink yourself into that. Come on, don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. And I'm telling you, I think a serious epidemic today is we get on social media and we constantly compare ourselves to somebody else. You will never measure up to their highlight reel ever. And then you start tearing yourself down because you're not that good. You'll never be that good because that's not your calling. That's not who God made you to be. And then you start getting mad at God because he did not set you up to be as successful or as beautiful or, or as handsome or as rich as this person that you don't even know. And I'll be honest with you, they're probably lying anyway. <laughs> this is not my notes, but I met a guy the other day, and he pastors a church, and I'd seen him on Instagram, and I thought, oh my goodness, you pastor the largest church in the world, right, from the Instagram posts? Have any of you ever experienced this? Some of you are looking at me like you don't know what Instagram is. Do you guys have Instagram in Washington? <laughs> okay. And then I meet him in person, and we get talking, and it was all a facade. Like, his church, he put together two pictures to make it look like this seamless crowd. I'm just like, you're really struggling, buddy. Just be confident in who God called you to be. One of my friends, Justin, he, uh, y'all good for another story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, My buddy, Justin. He can fix anything. And he calls me the other day, and he's country. You think I'm country? The boy, he talked like you saw right here. <laughs> now, most of his story, you probably ain't going to understand, because this is really how Justin talked right here. And he's from, he from deep Mississippi. And he called me. He called me. And he said, hi, Pastor. I need, I need fire. I said, what's up, buddy? He said, hi, my, my truck done broke down over here at, home, at the Home Depot. And I need, I need, I need you to come get me. So I can go get, take me to the parts store, get me a fuel pump. I'm going to come back over and put that fuel pump on my truck. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I understand like every other word. I'll come to Home Depot and pick you up. So I go to get Home Depot, I pick him up, and he, you know, I fuel pump, take me over here and knife all parts and get me, a, get me a fuel pump. I'm like, okay. And so we're driving to the auto parts store, and I asked him, I said, how do you know it's the fuel pump? He looked at me like I was the dumbest person on the planet. I said, how do you know it's the fuel pump? He looked at me and went, well, of course, I didn't hear it click on when you turn the key. I said, it clicks on when you turn the key? He said, like he didn't even respond. It was just like in that look and that, it was like every moron knows that a fuel pump, you hear it click on. That joker got the fuel pump right there at Home Depot parking, Home Depot parking lot, <laughs> dropped the fuel tank, put the fuel pump in, lifted the tank back up, and drove off. And I'm like, I could never do that in a million years. <laughs> a million years. But he does it. He owns it. That's who he is. He can't do this in a million years. And whatever you do, nobody else around you can do what you do. So stop trying to be somebody else. Let go of those false expectations and be the best you you can be. Because you're awesome. You're awesome. And let me just say one more. The world needs you. The kingdom of God needs you with your gifts and your talents. So please, 
Please, honestly, for the love of God, stop trying to be somebody else and be you. I don't like me. Get over it because God made you like you. (laughs) Okay, you ready for one more? So we got the first thing that drowns us is... Thank you. If you did, I was like, I'm gonna have to re-preach this whole thing. That only really the first one. <laughs> the, the first one is the first thing that will drown humanity is worry. worry. Okay. Yes. The second one is it's the three C's. Yeah, the three C's. You should have wrote that down. But the three C's. And here's the, here's the third thing that I really think drowns a lot of people, and it's past wounds. It's past wounds. Um, Past wounds will keep you from soaring like you think you should. Now, if you're here, and maybe you're younger, or maybe you're here and you're on drugs, and you think that you don't have any past wounds, that's why you'd be on drugs, right? Because you don't think. We all have wounds. If you, don't, if you don't have any wounds, then you're like living in the metaverse or something like that. We all have wounds. Some of those wounds are from, wounds are from relationships. I mean, whatever. I mean, they're, they're all over the map. But we all have past wounds. Now... Even one of my messages I've spoke here before was on forgiveness. I preach on forgiveness all the time because I think, this is my opinion, and it's on the notes. It'll come up here. Um, I think forgiveness is the most powerful force on the planet. And I've said that right here, standing on this stage before. Now, if I'm wrong about that, if you disagree with that, then you have to at least admit that forgiveness is a very powerful force on the planet. Okay? We can debate whether it's the most important or very powerful Forgiveness will change your life, and forgiveness has changed your life through Christ, but it's not just there, it's forgiveness with other people. Check this out. Ephesians 4.32 says this, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, when we talk about forgiveness, most of the time we apply it to the big stuff in life. Like, and the big wounds, you don't even need somebody to point them out, right? The big wounds, I mean, like if you've gone through, um, oh my God, there's so many horrible, like rape, incest, molestation, um, bankruptcy, divorce, losing a person, betrayal, right? Those, those, are, those, those are big, big, big wounds. And, and Forgiveness still needs to be applied to those, and and that's true. But what I want to challenge you with today is what about the little wounds? What about the ones that don't measure up quite to the the big boy list that I just just listed? What about that relationship that just a few months ago, they offended you? And you thought, you think, well, they just offended me. It's not that big of a deal. But instead of addressing it or doing anything with it, you just shoved it a little bit deeper down. And what you don't realize is that weeks later, months later, years later, you're still holding on to it. And can I tell you something? You will lose that battle. Offense comes in all different sizes, but unforgiveness only comes in one, and it's heavy. It's heavy. Unforgiveness will wear you down, and it will take away your... See, you thought... You thought you almost went to sleep. I saw you. I saw you. It'll take away your ability to soar. It it really will. Jesus said offenses come into your house. That's not a question. You will be offended. What are you going to do with it? You can hold on to it and drown and wonder and question why your life is not soaring. Your life is not soaring because you're refusing to let go of this thing. So people ask me all the time, like, 
well, then how do you forgive? How do you forgive? Okay, and I know I've shared this here at least more than once, and I'm going to share it again. And why? Some of you that have been here are like, why is he sharing this again? Because, in my opinion, it is the most powerful force on the planet. Plain and simple. A young lady came up to me um, just like three weeks ago, and she said, um, you haven't talked on forgiveness in a while, but, you, you know, I'm, she goes to the church. She's been there forever. She said, um, can you tell me again how to forgive somebody? Because this guy really messed her up and did all this stuff. And I said, yeah, here's how you forgive. And I look at her, and I said, what's his name? Ryan. Okay, that's not really his name for the sake of the story, but anyway, Ryan. And I said, okay, every time you think of Ryan, you say, out of your mouth, I forgive Ryan. I said, it needs to come out of your mouth because your mouth, your words program your brain. The Bible says that the words of your mouth have the power of life and death. Um, it also says to speak those things that are not as, those, as though they were, meaning I don't forgive Ryan, but I'm going to say it anyway and reprogram myself because I'm more concerned about myself yeah. and my health than holding on to Ryan. Yes. And I said, while we're standing here, just say it one time. Say, um, since you are obviously are thinking about Ryan, I said, just look at me and say, I forgive Ryan. And she went, I can't. And I said, I'm not asking you to believe it or even to feel it. I'm just asking you to say these words, I forgive Ryan. And she looked at me and she said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hold on to it. And turned around and walked off. Can I tell you something? That as a pastor, that broke my heart broke my heart because here's a young lady who is verbally choosing to hold on to an offense from the bottom of my heart can I tell you something please let let it go some of you have been holding on to offense for a long time some of you for just a short amount of time some of you it might be family stuff or you don't understand Craig here's what I do know I know that you can say you trust in the Lord all day long but are you willing to trust him with that offense are you willing to trust him with that person? Are you willing to trust him with that situation? Because until you are, you can love Jesus all day long, but you're not going to soar. You're not going to soar. Can I pray with you right where you are? Just, can I just pray with you for a second? Uh, will you bow your heads and close your eyes?